there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. You're goddamn right. Cool. <laughs> Heisenberg. <laughs> Heisenberg. Jeff, Jeff's in his tiny whiteies. Anytime we say anything negative about a film or each other or really anything at all, anything negative, you're going to hear the sounds. That's the buzzer, and that buzzer means we need to drink alcoholic items. Uh, we have beer. John decided to go with something a little harder. I know there's ice cubes because every time he takes a drink, we hear a little clink clank in the microphone. There. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That's right. We're, we're going to try to keep it positive, people. So, pour yourselves a glass and make it a double IPA because if you've seen this movie, that'll be the second time you shit your pants this week. Oh my! Interesting. <laughs> oh wow! It's funny because this David. is sort of this is sort of a horror film. I I'm I, I can't tell if that's a good shitting of the pants or a bad shitting of the pants, but uh, the audience well, is I, curious. It's, it's funny. Like I, it's more to be honest, it's more tense than than yeah. scary. Uh, and the, I can tell you, the guy sitting next to me in uh, my IMAX theater was not handling the tension at all. It was hilarious to watch. Stop sitting next to people. <laughs> <laughs> there was no choice. This was packed. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. I saw this at. I saw this at nine a.m. on a Sunday, and it was it was pretty crowded for a nine a.m. call. It was pretty. pretty wow. Cool. You were you were like at twenty four hours off piano man. Twenty four hours off piano <laughs> man. It's nine. That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, Jeff's uh, memoir. Part one. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, guys, if you're new to the podcast here, we try to uh, keep it spoiler free for a couple of minutes. This movie just came out. This is Jordan Peele's newest entry. Nope. If you've been looking at the the head, the the title of this episode, you'll know that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, so yeah, spoiler free for a couple of minutes, then we're going to get into it. Try to keep it positive, on an open ended conversation. Please, if you're new to the podcast, then for some reason you were drawn to this podcast. Like, subscribe. Dave set up a link tree. We had a couple recent episodes. We've been doing a lot of limited release movies that hopefully maybe in this slow slow august if you're looking for things that are coming out mrs harris goes to paris phantom of the o- miss phantom of the open uh we did the outfit recently which is now on fucking peacock we did what's another yeah. limited release one we did recently uh the uh, crimes against Man. crimes of the crimes future, future. future. fucking you know fucking we saw it <laughs> anyway Give us a give us a give us a follow and reach out to us. Dave will respond drunkenly. John, can you shout our sponsors At out? All please? times. <laughs> we have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozo. You can find him in the show notes. The handle for Instagram is cbarozo.beer. And all the music on this episode and every single episode is provided by the artist Dasein. Follow the uh, the link in the show notes to find all that music available for free on SoundCloud and coming soon to all the other platforms. Uh, yeah, you guys, let's get into it. We have a lot to talk about. So, John, really and that's quick, the end of sorry. our spoiler-free section. So, no, 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 no <laughs> stop. We, we, can, we can give our initial takeaways. Let you know what we think. Let you know what you feel about the movie before we get in. John, you saw this movie early for me, thank you, because oh, you were yeah, going to go sure. to a screening on Wednesday, and somebody was supposed to be there, and they ended up not being able to go. So, it, right? Where, where are you supposed to go to a special screening? Uh, I think you're conflating the past two weeks, but I am going <laughs> to a special screening yes. of Nope. This Wednesday at the IMAX headquarters here in Los Angeles, which I'm pretty excited about. Reminder, we do this show drunk, people. (laughs) (laughs) So that means for me, because I didn't want to see this twice in the exact same format, I actually chose, I might be a little bit, I'm curious to hear what you guys say, because I saw it in a regular digital theater, a smaller theater for this time, so that I can save the big whammy and all the the swirling sound and the larger screen for IMAX. So uh, yeah. 
Nice. If anybody if anybody uh, pisses you off in the theater, you could just go ahead and spoil the. Uh, my buddy, uh, <laughs> one of our, our recent co-host, um, Chris Hurt, who was on a couple weeks ago and about a month and a half ago, he's going to join me on Wednesday, and he also oh, is seeing it tonight in regular, so that we can both see it in IMAX on Wednesday night. So we'll see what the hilarious. See what the big whoop is. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and start talking about Nope. Uh, Dave, any great gripes this week besides the person next to you uh, not being able to? <laughs> no, that guy was great. It was it was almost as entertaining as the film. Um, no, I have no gripes. No gripes. I had a guy leaning forward in his chair, smiling, like like bouncing up and down uh, at one tense part at the end. And I was like, fuck, yeah, it got me into it, too. It's cool. <laughs> there was um, a guy behind us who really like one of those unfortunate assholes who like single-handedly like probably ruined the movie for a lot of people. Oh, it was no. just everything. Everything was, was the funniest thing you've ever seen. If it was even remotely funny and anything mm. that was scary, it was, you know, Oh, she, you know, he's like screaming at the screen, like talking in the sound of us making jokes and stuff throughout. It was a real shame. He kind of pissed off everybody in the theater, but he had a blast. Thank you. Great fucking time. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I think everybody's been doing the usual going around and like doing a little Jordan Peele thing because he has now entered the lexicon of this is a Jordan Peele film, which, of course, every film is, is a director's film. But he's a he's an auteur and he really took the world by storm with Get Out after we knew him from being very successful at Key and Peele and transitioning from is Get Out going to be Keanu? <laughs> or is Get Out going to be the subversive, like, p- possible masterpiece um, that it that it ended up being? So Get Out, well, John and I, we saw we saw Keanu in the theaters, and I do not remember it. <laughs> we, Jeff, I forgot that did. until you just said that. Did we actually do that? <laughs> yes. That's, that's truly forgettable. Sorry, you guys, but I totally now, I to didn't even fair, know what you were talking about. <laughs> to be oh, fair, to be, <laughs> sure. to be yeah. fair, you don't remember that. It was definitely the two of us because we 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 I laughed a lot during this movie. But it was we were we went really late one night, and so this <laughs> it was oh, so man. funny. Yeah, we saw Keanu. Anyway, let's do Get Out and Us. What'd you guys think of Get Out? What'd you guys think of Us before we get into Nope? Dave, I enjoyed the ride with Get Out. Um, I did find some bits of it really really tense. Uh, I enjoyed everything he was doing there. Us, I actually really enjoyed more. A lot of people oh. didn't didn't think us was as good. Correct. Um, I found a lot of like I liked the mythology setup and the fact that you have no idea what's going on at first, and then they slowly reveal bits, and then of course you've got you know your twist and stuff at the end because sometimes they have a twist. Yeah. And yeah, no, I actually really enjoyed both of those. Great, great. Yeah. Perform- it was one of the better performances that year. Lupita Nyong'o, man, what a oh, fucking man. Badass. Terrifying. Yeah. John, what do you think? Get out and us. She's a superstar. Um, I, I really enjoyed Get Out. I don't think I, I don't know if I made it to the place that a lot of the rest of the world seemed to get to. I thought it was an amazing, really, debut for him trying to do that kind of serious film. Uh, so that one really worked for me. I had fun and I enjoyed it. Um, and I, I did not, I, Us really didn't work for me. And, you know, maybe I just need to see it again, but I just, it didn't, it didn't click. I didn't, I really didn't enjoy what he was trying to do with that one in spite of the incredible performances and the aesthetic and look of it was gorgeous. The cinematography was really impressive. Um, so he was, uh, I really liked him and then he lost a notch on the belt for me. And I think I'm back with Jordan Peele for Nope. I really enjoyed this film. Oh, we're off to a good side there. Cool. I, I would, I think I agree more with John on this one. I remember seeing us. I, I really, really like it out. I, 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 I need to rewatch it before I say like, oh my God, it really was that. It really blew me away. I saw it because it got good 
I saw it very early because of Sundance. So I probably saw it the week it came out. As a lot of people did. It's not like special, but I remember being like, what the fuck? I was very surprised. And I think that that surprise element really like took it up a notch for sure. Which of mm-hmm. course, when you are that person now that you lose that element of surprise, so to speak. So with us, I was expecting the scary shit that I got out of the trailers, but then, you know, I hate when things are explaining and I do feel like Lupita Nyong'o's character kind of explained the point, which is okay, you know, cause it comes later in the film, but, mm. but then the more she was explaining the film, the less on board with it I was. And then of course the friend that I was with, who I'm not going to name because he shat all over the movie was like mad at us for breaking its own rules. It was a long time ago. So I don't remember what those rules were, but I think a lot of people are, as Dave mentioned, me, cause that, I was really frustrated no, by that movie too. <laughs> it was, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't you i'm trying um, to think what rules it had <laughs> anyway i don't remember but there were some scary bits for sure it was cool and i'm definitely terrified to be in a glass house by the shore after it's seeing like yeah movie. hands across america is secretly evil <laughs> so let's ah. get it so let's, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. let's get into that was funny let's get into nope here so jordan peele written and directed with his producer um i believe it's ian fucking um right, who is it the official ian cooper name? Ian Cooper. Yeah. I think Ian Cooper was the first person that he started telling the idea you to. You mentioned being in the church. It's like, oh, what's the child's name? Oh, it's Ian fucking. <laughs> Ian <laughs> fucking Cooper. That's it. They, is. Chase, they chase you out with like brands of fire. EMI. <laughs> this is Ian Cooping, middle name fucking. Um, <laughs> this stars, of course, Daniel Kaluuya, who I believe it just came out recently. He did not do the Black Panther sequel, even though his character survived the first Black Panther mm-hmm. because of this movie. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, can you imagine, you know, you lose the two big stars, one in a very, you know, tragic and, and untimely, like, early death that what? really took, uh, yeah, with Chadwick Boseman. And then Michael B. Jordan's character. And now you lose Daniel Kaluuya because or he did a different movie. Like, is very- that an entire misdirect and it's him in the suit? That would be fucking interesting. <laughs> You're the Marvel I don't expert. Trust, I don't trust fucking Marvel at all anymore. Like, they, yeah. they, they, they can pull they, I love that they released Phase 5 and, and everybody went, Huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's like what, what you, happened to what Phase you, Four? Yeah, what do you mean Phase Four? So Phase Four was a space holder. What? Where did Phase Four go? Yeah. And what are these properties? Anyway, for another time, we're talking about Nope yeah. today, people. This is Daniel Kaluuya, fucking Kiki Palmer, who won an Emmy Award last year. Emmy Award winner Kiki Palmer, who's been acting forever. Apparently, I looked her up. I hadn't recognized her before, but God, she was fun in this movie as OJ Hayward, Otis Junior Hayward was Daniel Kaluuya, and Kiki Palmer was Emerald. Haywood, his younger sister, their father, Keith David, who I will always know as the ass to ass guy. <laughs> it's back to back. It's back to back. I don't think it's ass to ass, right? It's, There's no excuse. Doesn't he say ass. back to back? I think he's, I'll, I'll just I'll just drink. I think yeah. that close up, just that close up, just the close up smile. That is what I always think of. Uh, that's, that's what it is. I think he says oh ass to ass, but well, I don't know. Uh, I also wait. Pause. I think. I, I part of me really, I, I just, one of the, one of the reasons that I really love Jordan Peele is I think he, I think he knows that three white guys on a podcast are going to have to refer to a character as OJ for 45 minutes. And I think that was part of the thing that gave him joy for sure. Brendan. It's in the movie, right? She, somebody makes fun of it. Somebody makes fun Yeah. Yeah. Brendan Perea, who is the cross if Riz Ahmed and Dave Franco had a baby. Honestly. Is really Brendan is, Perea. Like, yeah. That's not getting a buzz. Specifically, that's, that's like the bleach, specifically the bleach tips, like the exact yeah. look from uh, Sound of Metal. I was like, somebody's exactly. got to say say that he resembles him. Like, that's kind of weird. But with a little Dave Franco in there, too. And then, of course, yeah, Stephen Young. Really funny. Who's, he was good. 
a good part in the trailer. Mm. The two trailers took place by Storm. Oh, a little teeny tiny featured role from um, Barbara Ferreira, who you may know from uh, Euphoria. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, what was she doing in the background? She's great on Euphoria. Yeah, I wonder if she she did the thing where she's like, I'll say yes to anything you do, and then sees the final film and was like, I hope I didn't take a step back. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're like George, George Clooney's like, of course I'm doing Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The Coen brothers asked me to do a movie. And she's like, of course I'll do no. Jordan Peele asked me to have two lines in this movie. Um, I'm so sorry. Let's get into the movie. The Residence. This is the description on IMDb. The Residence of a Lonely Gulch. Gulch. I love that word. We heard it like three times in this movie. In Inland, California, outside of L.A., Bear mm-hmm. witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. It's fucking aliens, man. It's in the trailer. I was wondering if in the trailer I was like, damn it, do they need to tell us that it was aliens? But obviously they knew what they were doing. You know it's aliens going in. But I mean, you don't know yeah. everything. So that's it for me. And that's um, that's one thing I'd like to bring up as well. Do I'm you want to bring it up really, now? Yeah, I do. Ahead, I'm, I'm, re- I'm really, really hard on marketing people. But in my opinion, <laughs> this has one of the best marketing campaigns I've seen in a very long time. Can you explain uh, spoiler-free? Well, literally, yes, I can. They literally release a poster that was just the cloud with the streamer hanging out of it and nope. And, like, that, that was it. That became the, the poster. And then they released a trailer that told you nothing and added more questions. And then they released another trailer which revealed this is a movie about aliens and, like, they, you can see, the, like, the ship in the trailer. And then they released a th- another poster with the tagline, it's not what you think. And I went in with questions. I was intrigued. I was mm-hmm. like, if it's not what I think and they've already shown me this, what the hell is going to happen in this movie? It got me. It got me. Hook, line, and sinker. I was in. Nice. What about when you actually... Really, saw- good, really good marketing campaign. How about actually seeing the movie? Well, the, the movie actually like ticked all the boxes. Like they, they, everything that they set up in their marketing campaign, everything had an answer. There was an answer. There were a couple of other things. Um, like this movie opens with one of the best, what the fuck moments I've ever seen. I didn't, I didn't know it was the opening of the movie or if it was like somebody's weird, like production company. And I was like, are there fucking footage is getting weird. What a way these, to promote your yeah, company. These, these pre, these pre movie logos are getting really fucking long. Well, Cause one of the yeah. companies is monkey paw, right? Yeah, so it's weird. Yeah. They must've done it. followed that one on purpose. I think they, I think they wanted to fuck with it. It was like own. monkey paw and then a bleeding yeah, did, monkey over a body. I was like, it it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it definitely opens with, something that creates a fuck ton more questions right at the beginning of the film. But again, they do go through and they address a lot of this stuff and it, it becomes apparent like what that's about. I, I think he took a lot of care with this, to be honest, like the, and it was a good ride. It took, took its time to build up. You got to know the characters that you're playing with. And then when they finally got into like finally spotting something, it was so quick. You're like, fuck. What? Like, th- the thing I think I like the most is all of the reactions in this movie for me were hundred percent realistic. Anytime yeah. there was something scary, it was like, I'm the fuck out of here or whatever. You know, it's like, it, it was a genuine human reaction to some of this stuff. I mean, some of it was based on fear. Some of it was based on greed. Some of it was based on wanting to get, you know, famous or whatever, but like every reaction was absolutely hundred percent human. Totally. He's a, uh... First of all, I'll, I'll parrot you about how cool the trailer was in the marketing campaign. And for what it's worth, Jeff, I know what you're talking about with like 
I think I saw like get out really early on because it had a lot of buzz from Sundance, but um, the marketing, if you will, around get out was still really strong, but it was mostly riding on the buzz. But I think the trailer for us was incredible. Yeah, like he's almost, really almost good, good at the, for the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. I thought it was better than, the, but it was. Uh, but the short form stuff, he's good at teasing it out and getting you interested. So I thought this was really successful. I was excited to see it, um, and I will agree with you, Dave, one hundred percent. And I think we can say it now. In his movies, Jordan Peele has a a real touch with actors and performances. He's he gets really, yeah. really good work. Um, so my critiques, I think moving forward for him, we'll, we'll never have to do with that. You know, I might have things to say about story and stuff, but I'm always going to believe what's happening, which is, like, I don't think yeah. people realize how difficult that is to do. You don't just hire a good actor and walk away. Th- there are plenty of directors who do that, but it's just, it's not going to be as evocative of a performance. He clearly gives them space, gives them time. There are a lot of lingering edits in this movie where you really have to just kind of sit with them and you're kind of thinking what's about to happen. And sometimes nothing happens. It's just so you can watch that character thinking something is about to happen. Um, so you have to have a lot of trust in your actors to do that. Um, and this that also is sets a, up the fact that like when something does happen, it's even more effective. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's like the, it yeah. builds the tension. So it's, it's like tension, nothing. Tension, nothing. Tension, nothing. Tension, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, will, it's a tech, think, an oldest time, that technique. But yeah. I think my favorite part about this movie um, and look, it's hard. I don't know if I would say this for every filmmaker, but just everything that we all as a, you know, members of the American pop culture zeitgeist understand about him. He came from such a prolific, successful career in comedy and Get Out had so much humor. So he was clearly like he knows that people let him fuck with that when he wants to. Um, again, it just it did not work for me and us at all. I didn't understand the tone of that movie. I don't think people were in the same movie. It just it, it really fell flat for me. The comedy and dark comedic moments in Get Out were, I thought, very successful. Mm-hmm. This I was, I think, the most successful. Us. <laughs> See, to well, honest, I think yeah. I think there were a yeah. lot of like quirky moments with the family where you were, or with Elizabeth Moss, mm. where he wanted you to laugh and stuff. And I was like, "What the fuck, move? What's happening?" This I felt like was the bullseye. It came yeah. out of organic, uh, realistic behavior that were based on really intimate familial relationships for the most part. I didn't really laugh uh, the most at. Um, Maybe the quote jokier moments with the beginning with the film shoot, the commercial shoot, or whatever that no, was. No, um, that, I don't think the, that was meant to be funny. I think he was poking fun at Hollywood, and I think there was some I mean, wink, wink, joke, joke moments in there. Was, I don't know if it was like meant to be funny poking fun, though. It was meant to be like look, take a look at yourself a little bit. Well, I mean, well, well with, it, wait, with, it, with the, the satire s- of that, what's the difference? Yeah. Right? You know, with, what the, I mean? with, yeah. the sit- but, with the sitcom or with the commercial? The commercial. The commercial. Oh, yeah. The commercial. The, the sitcom was um, funny. Yeah. And, and even when they introduce again, this guy really did kind of ruin a lot of the comic moments for us in our theater. But uh, when they introduce the uh, what's his name, the tech guy, I don't want to call him resume, Brandon Perea. When they introduce him, he's clearly like got a lot of jokey moments in the beginning. The, the comedy really came to be for me when the fear started kicking in and these people were just dealing with what the fuck is happening. Like that's yeah. when I started really smiling a little bit and being scared, which I think that's Jordan Bill's bullseye. He wants you to smile. He doesn't want to have like true levity where you get to break and say, thank gosh, we get to laugh. He wants you mm. to like smile and be like, uh, and then get scared again. Yeah. That's, that's like, how in, I think. I in, a tra- in a traditional horror film, like, you know, someone hears a noise or sees something move. They fire up the cigarette lighter and walk into the dark looking for it. That does not mm-hmm. happen in this movie. Yeah. 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 So 
I thought this was a uh, successful in a lot of different ways. Um, I had issues with the, the last 10 minutes and we'll, we'll talk about it, but I, think a lot I of still had did. fun. I still had a, I yeah. still have a really good time. And I thought uh, coming off of us for me, just for John say, this was an enormous success coming from where I think he, he swung and missed with us. Same. Sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to finish up the spoiler free section here by agreeing with you guys so much that I'll say that this is, it has good reviews. It has 82% in Rotten Tomato and they're all not, a, not as glowing as Get Out, but everybody's very positive on it. But there are some people that straight up don't like it. And it's very interesting for me to look like reading that and because you got you got to read between the lines a little bit, and so the reasons are it's a little too long. Like if you need that much time for horror, you're doing something wrong. And I was like, that's horrorshit, man. <laughs> like Jaws is two hours. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Fuck you. I mean, um, horror horror and, critics can be very bitchy. But also, they're like, it's not pure horror. It's not real. This. It's not real that. And I'm like, guys, come on, John. We no, make genre not. so we can box things up. But like, it's, of course, it's not an, a, yeah. a pure, true, real. And you know what? If it was, they would rip it apart for breaking tropes anyway. So like, you know, who gives a shit? Like, you want to be not genre subverting. You just want to make the film that you need to make. And he really wanted to make this alien movie. And it's an alien movie that is called Nope. He's very intelligent. So that's very aptly chosen which i like you mm. know because every other movie I'm, I'm staying away from spoilers but every other movie about aliens is about like oh should we connect with them are they good are they bad and this is just straight up like no <laughs> no i don't I, we're not into it at least that's that's certainly the very beginning of this confrontation which i'm not going to get into but at this particular moment but it's just it's really interesting seeing these kinds of conversations come about because yes there are things like the ending that we should talk about but they're also things that you know were done intentionally by somebody who is good at their job you know that there was tension throughout so if you're watching this movie and maybe you didn't like the payoffs but the the brilliant thing about it is that a lot of the tension is yes between the, the characters but also between the unknown looking up to the sky looking up to the vistas to the mountains to the the you know looking out and so you as the audience like how can you not feel tension when it's shot so spectacularly it looks incredible but also mm. it is timed in such a way and you get these reaction shots you get the the dynamic between the two of them where you have daniel kaluuya who is he won an oscar this always happens right where he's known for kind of like introspective like you know roles not that get out was that introspective but it was a lot of self-reflection of that character and what was going on and then he wins an oscar for this boisterous big personality and now he's in a, a role where like you almost don't even know if he's reacting to something it's so subtle and his sister kiki palmer is like everybody's best friend, huge personality. Yeah. It's like the opposite of the introvert extrovert spectrum. They they came out on the opposite ends. Yin and Yang. There's yeah. the siblings that are interconnected by this. Their little family dynamic intention. Plus, you bring in an outsider, and then you bring in another outsider, which is just perfectly timed, keeping it small. It's a small film, but it's shot huge on a big screen. Yeah, was I, this I, his? I, was this his pandemic film? Did you? I, he started developing it during that, but I think he filmed it yeah. afterwards, you know. Did you see it in IMAX or did you yeah, see I saw it in IMAX? I was gonna see it in Dolby Digital and then the person I was gonna see it in got COVID. Thank God I didn't thank God they tested that day. <laughs> so they're like, sorry, I have COVID. I was Damn. like, okay, good, I'm gonna go see it in IMAX instead. Um I because I, I will say this was shot not uh for IMAX, this was shot in sixty five millimeter IMAX film. Yeah. Like not By just one of IMAX the, digital. Uh, let's give and, it up. Hoyte van Hoytema, you know. Film this. Yeah, and who did fucking Interstellar. There, there, like. there was actually a really good conversation uh, where there was, like he, um, Jordan Peele mentions that he asks, if you were trying to capture a shot that would affect humanity, what camera would you use? And they were like, an IMAX camera, because the resolution just shits all over everything else. He's like, it's well, that's wild. what we're filming in. I mean, it's, and, it's wild. Yeah. yeah. So they shot it on IMAX film. And I was in Lincoln Center with, you know, the image was 
fucking six stories tall. Yeah. It looked fucking amazing. Yeah. And the whole movie is that size. Like they took so much care with the image capture and the color on this is immaculate. Those night scenes yeah. almost look like a fucking surrealist canvas sometimes. Wow. Like yeah. then the, the pans they do up and across the clouds and it's like, is something there or something not? But like they took so much care with the image of this. It was, it was important. It was almost like a character itself. I love that, the, that the location was a character itself too. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. The, the height of the iMac, I, I never really appreciated that until this movie. Cause I'm all about the wide format. I, I, I think it's, it's a great way to watch film, but when you are looking out at the sky and, and you're looking at the clouds and whether or not they're moving and stuff and, and the height you get in an IMAX where it's yeah. like, I, I really feel like I'm having peripheral vision because it's not just the width it, it has that height element too. It's cool. Which is unique yeah. to, you know, this is a good thing for you asked the right question about uh, what do we do for this story? Blah, blah, blah. We've seen plenty of amazing Western shot in old CinemaScope 7235 mm. and it's so wide or um, it's really breathtaking, but everyone knows the, the irony is that most of those were developed for big epics and Westerns in the fifties and sixties. But the irony is that anyone who lives in the West or the Southwest will tell you 90% of your view is sky. The horizon mm makes up a very small patch when you look in any direction. So I thought this was a really effective way to use that. And again, let's give him some uh, props. It's always, it's been, he is a fucking crazy cinephile. So, and Jordan's people, mm. he's clearly very intelligent, but from get out from the beginning, his, his attention to the visual is, is pretty remarkable considering he, he wrote sketches about, you know, really silly things for a very long time and not just silly things, but you know what I mean? He has that comedic yeah. guy. He's thinking about performance and timing, but he has a, he clearly understands what the visual aspect of cinema can do. And I was very affected by that. Probably more, probably that and the performances trumped everything that I may have had any issues with, with the story just because yeah, it's so compelling to watch. And, mm. Yeah, because there's some things that I want to circle back and ask you about when we get to the spoiler section in one second that I don't, they don't necessarily make 100% sense, but I do know one thing that this movie is going to be, I think, the most rewatchable out of the three. Not that I Get Out's so, not. Too. Obviously, a lot of people have watched Get Out a bunch of times, but I feel like this is the kind of movie that you can rewatch and and pull some new things out of, you know? I'm I, really I curious like this... to go see it again in like two nights because I don't like seeing movies yeah. that close together. If I have a decent time rewatching well, it i know i'm going to be able to rewatch it again in the future after a year yeah. goes by or something i mean know? the other the other thing is there is there are little things hidden in this film that so help much. the plot along too that you can miss very easily um so it, it'll be very interesting to see you on like talk to you after a second watch and see if you yeah. pick up on yeah, some yeah i'll stuff. definitely I'll, I'll check in with you guys next week and nice then. so let's go ahead and turn the, the spoilers on dave going yeah, to spoilers we won't, go spoiler right time. To, we won't go right to James Bond dying like John did for our uh, James <laughs> I might, Bond I might, I might, I might rip it out and just ask you guys the big question. No, well, no I, I want to okay. start with what you started with. Which Let's start with the opening of the film. The chimp. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. there are a few places that this, this motif of a recall to this uh, failed 19, late 90s uh, sitcom that eventually Steven, Steven Yeun's character, the neighbor to this gulch, uh, Daniel Kaluuya and... Uh, the Haywoods neighbor who owns like a, a come and see us uh, jamboree kind of live action ghost town it's road, ranch. It's a roadside you know, theme thing. park, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, so you, you learned later that he was in this thing that you see at the very beginning, which was a sitcom starring a live chimpanzee. And apparently at some point the Gordy. chimpanzee Gordy breaks, which is, I guess, 
we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. I guess that's the word, the most important word. And mm-hmm. goes berserk. It's a live studio audience. He ends up attacking some of the cast members and maybe other people. But they show you this scene multiple times throughout the film where it's an empty uh, taping, you know, soundstage for where the sitcom was shot. And Steven Yeun is a little boy is there. And this, this chimpanzee has just gone berserk and just killed a bunch of people. And, um, y'all, I don't even know if I needed this in the movie. And I just don't know if I, if I, if it was, I, I'm really not, what did you think about it? Cause I don't really know what it did for the movie. It's, a lot I mean, of people have circled this. It a was lot of people... central to the theme. Like the whole theme was the use of animals in entertainment and how it can go wrong. They make Siegfried and Roy references. He tries to use the, uh, like the ship for entertainment. Um, he obviously the Gordy incident, uh, which was loosely based on a real incident, by the way. Um, and it's, it's basically about like animal cruelty and using animals for profit and entertainment. That's okay, one of the so, central themes so of the film. So that's what, that's what I would, that's exactly what I would guess. And just help me out here, you guys. I wish I, I wanted to talk to Jordan Peele. I wanted to have this conversation. Sometimes he does things. He, that he, are wouldn't just tell, he won't so, tell you. He won't tell you. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, sometimes I feel like, Jordan, if you listen, sometimes I feel like this Not kind listening. of thing happens <laughs> where it seems like it's so on the nose that I know you're I know you're looking for deeper waters with it. So I guess what I would ask him is it seemed so antithetical to the actual outcome of the story that if it was supposed to be used as a metaphor, then they would have been trying to break and take advantage of this this spaceship, if we're ready to go there, this this thing. And that's not what they ever tried. They never tried to do that. Not once. They were trying to destroy it. They were trying to capture it and then trying to destroy it. So it wasn't like, if this except was a different for, story where they Yoon. thought they had... Wait, was that Dave? He, except yeah, for Stephen sure. Yoon. He was not but trying to capture a... it. He was trying to use it to to reestablish his career. But if to don't you feel that if the, he turned right, it into a source of entertainment? I know, but he's not the protagonist. So if the protagonists aren't living out the theme, can it really be called the the major theme of the story? And I guess what I, I what I'm saying is that these flashbacks to Gordy made me feel like he was trying to prop up a a the major predominant theme, and I don't think it was. I think it was actually antithetical, and it was used as a metaphor inappropriately, and it actually ended up ruining the ending for me. <laughs> so, so it kind of got in the way for it of it. So I don't know. So if no, no, but I'm, no I'm, <laughs> saying on, I'm saying on this because I'm curious because there, there's there's a racial element so far to the other films with with Jordan Peele as there should be. In fact, one of the reasons I love the white sitcom so much is because I, I almost think it's it's hilarious, and I almost think he's he's saying I remember the Chappelle thing where it's like. He, part of the reason he, Dave Chappelle, this is according to him, I'm not just like opining, that he hated the Chappelle show and the way that it came is because like white people didn't, re- it's the same thing with Mean Girls, right? The whole point of Mean Girls is we should be good to each other, but all girls want to be after they see it is bitchy. They want to be the, the Mean Girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not, that's the opposite of the point. Same thing with um, Ch- Chappelle show. He wanted it to, he, he didn't want white people to be like, oh my God, this is so funny. Like he wanted people to go, oh yeah, shit. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like at least that's what they should have thought, and we just didn't. We said, "Ha ha ha! Look at us, we're so stupid." I think with this, I'm I'm just so curious about what the rate, like the, the actual unpacking of it, because 
there doesn't have like the, the, we don't need that in this film, but it obviously is real. I mean, we're talking mm. about the first image, which obviously you know it's it's pretty famous that the first moving image was a black jockey on a horse. Nobody knows the the black jockey's name. Nobody knows where the horse came from, um, and nobody really cares. So that is important to the legacy. These characters are made up, but it's loosely based off of like, well, what if that person was a horse trainer and had a family, and that's who this family is. Stephen Young's character had a connection with the chimp. Stephen Young's character is the only non-white person in this set, mm -hmm. and the other white people seem to have been completely demolished, and the chimp had this connection that they were like kind of friends for whatever reason. It could have been kids, it could have been the outsider thing that they were both being taken advantage of by this white capitalistic you know, enterprise. And then just when they became friends, chimp murdered, and then Stephen Young turns into that in a way. He does take advantage of that and therefore you know, he has to succumb to his death. But I'm with, by the monster, right? Because he's like, wait, I thought you, you didn't learn your lesson, which of course I'm with you though, John, because this is alien versus human. We, we think, I mean, we'll talk about what the alien fucking thing is in a second. Cause it kind of looks like a, the ribbon of a camera uh, to me a little bit. I could be something different for everybody, but it's curious that it's not the main character. So what does that have to do with Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer's character going after this alien thing? I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that it, if we get the answer, we're not going to be disappointed. It is it is a wandering tale. It's like the the Gordy thing sets his frame of mind. It's why he decides to stop because basically he's been feeding this thing horses for like a couple of months to keep it there. And he's he decides he's to make a show out of it. Yeah. He, tur he turns it into rampant consumerism and it consumes him. Literally. And I thought that was a great point, but like that sets up the other plot line with these guys who have nothing to do with this this uh, like West Village that he's got going on. But that's the reason it's sticking around, and that's the reason it's now considers this its territory because he's been fucking feeding it. He's the inciting incident. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that makes sense. But you sense don't find and... that you don't find out that out until halfway through the movie, which is kind of cool. True. Yeah, no, I true. Mean, that, I, that I like sense. the movie. I'm just it's this is mm. what, this is what you do with these kinds of movies. And yeah. he he he, he yes. purposefully ends it with <laughs> questions. And I wonder if he knew how much we would be going after this sitcom sketch. I wonder if he knew that. I bet you he did. But I don't know. Is anything stir is anything stirring up for you, John? Because I think part of it it has to be it has to be an exploitation. There has to be something about exploitation in there. And there I'm, are, I'm there wondering are, how it relates back to the family. Are they the ones being taken? Well, why does he look like Clint Eastwood at the end on the horse? Like there there has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, and I said ruin the movie. It didn't, it didn't ruin it for me. It just, I just, it, it did kind of take some of the air out for me because I was like, huh. It, whether we like it or not, when you're going to try to do a, when you're going to try to have a story that involves some kind of cerebral or social commentary or existential, you know, philosophy, you, you got to expect that your audience, uh, maybe during, but definitely after the fact, is going to be asking some questions. And if you put it in the genre of sci-fi, where we are constantly asking questions, we're watching this movie with the front of our brain. You're always trying to poke holes and try to find the patterns and trying to understand the unknown. You're doing what characters are doing. So it's a tall order. So I guess what I would what I would want to what I would want to ask him if I could was that there were there were certain things that did seem very clear to me. Everything you guys just laid out seemed like that's in line with what you're saying. That's in line with the theme. I don't think it's an accident that the older white male cinematographer who sat at home watching footage of animals in black and white specifically, this, you know, really binary, really 
really right there for you to care. I don't think it's an accident that he was the one who thought he could capture them in the impossible shot and it ended up costing him his life, which I don't understand. We'll, we'll get there in a little bit. Yeah, I don't understand that, that sequence. No, that, no, that's totally real. That's how all DPs want to go out, like <laughs> eating while filming a monster <laughs> sure, alien sure. in a golden hour. But there were, certain, like, <laughs> there were certain aspects of the exploitation stuff that we expect from Jordan Peele and and it's it's not a deep think it's right there and it's like but it but it's part of the cake and you enjoy it you buy into it it added to the flavor of the movie um this one just seemed like it was the ultimate statement or the ultimate question and it really did i don't know what other word to say it, it felt antithetical because of what they ended up doing and because it didn't seem if this was a story about the haywood family as a group or even not even as a group, but maybe just the children, the two of them, struggling with whether or not they wanted to keep the ranch because of some issues they had with the entertainment industry, I would be fine. But that's not what this movie is about. It's not even mm. close to being what their story is about. It's about them fucking killing an animal. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, actually, it's, it's also about his journey to become his father. His father well, and, and like... killed at the beginning. There is a really good subtle mm-hmm. shit at the beginning, too. Like just before his father gets taken out, like did you hear the news yeah, report that, that they pan past? Like, can you, what was the news? Can you remind There's me? a little news report that just reports on About a whole heap the, of missing um, hikers in the region. The region. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's where was, it was spinning. Actually, it's, it's it's not just about killing an animal. It's definitely the big questions that we often deal with with um, movies about the wild and movies about for the frontier space, mm. uh, man or woman or uh, us versus nature. Yeah. Us versus the unknown, and therefore we always have to bring ourselves into that because it's going to make you realize there are things you don't know about yourself. The classic sci-fi questions. I just didn't feel like the way he ended up playing it out, it felt more like, okay, one of my favorite parts about this movie was how he knew that this was a movie about people who make movies. And so there were a lot of homages to like Westerns and cinema in general, the the Mm. music the Western music when they were doing their big sequence, the trapping sequence, you know, the last 40 minutes of the movie, I felt like he knew that it was, it started to turn into an adventure film. And I was fine with that. I was like, this is great. But then I think he cuts back to Gordy one last time that this sitcom thing. And I was like, what is he trying to hammer home? He's going in two different directions now. And, and part of me loves the ambiguity of asking questions. I'm a huge David Lynch fan, but it kind of just felt ultimately like he thought the tone of the Gordy set was so creepy that it would elevate all that those questions and ambiguity and somehow mesh mm. with the unknown now, of the alien. But then we I'll, but then we saw such a resolute, definitive end to the alien that had nothing to do with that theme that it confused me. It just mm. confused me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'll grant you that all of that was like to set up Stephen Yeun's like character's motivation and it didn't entirely sell like that was something that i didn't get during the movie it kind of came to me afterwards so yeah it didn't entirely sell but it's so enjoyable i'm with you it's just like so entertaining but it did it's funny that powerful yeah yeah this was powerful the whole the 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 last time they cut back and he had mentioned like a fist bump the first there's the first fist the first exploding (laughs) yeah and then that happens. That touched me. Don't get me wrong. Like there were there were things that you just it doesn't matter. You don't need them explained. It's just there's a beautiful the first time image the on camera. Looks at them and, was like holy shit. Yeah, I don't know. What's yeah, yeah. It's scary. Well, it's like, evocative. Yep. But it's just it's just unfortunate that I, I think I just don't know if it was effective in the way he wanted it to be effective. And I don't think we're alone because I think a lot of people are just genuinely confused and not the fun end of Twin Peaks confused. We're genuinely 
it's a little bit of that us feeling where I was like, hmm. I think I got it. And I don't think it made sense. I don't did think you it notice, made enough. <laughs> also, did you notice the subtle hints that this was like, it wasn't being filmed as in this is what happened. It was filmed as his memory because the shoe standing on its end was the shoe he had mounted on its wall, standing on his wall, standing uh, on its end. That like was it was, cool, yeah. it was him remembering. So like it's possible half of that didn't even happen too. Like it was just his memory of it. I guess Very so. The shoe, the shoe was still a, that was that, weird. That was one yeah. of those where I wasn't that even was, sure if that it was, was one of the, it's one of those ones where you're like, and then like when I saw it on the wall, I'm like, oh yeah, it, this is we're seeing his memory. That's cool of the event. I thought but it was affected a, obviously I thought it was by an stimuli. alien thing, but I didn't know what the alien was at the time. So there. Yeah, you go. I think that was that might have been an intentional misdirect. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what the motivation was. That was for that. cool. I thought the whole sequence was going to end up being like the animals are in the background. Yeah. What's What's actually important is that the theme of like a breaking point exists for everything in nature and mm. i thought we were going to go in on that shoe and i thought it was going to be about how steven yun's little boy character eventually kind of looked past the crazy chimp and was so fixated on the the breaking of reality with that fucking shoe yeah. that it was going to drive him like i thought that was going to open up all these other questions about what it is was, real it was and it just really didn't kind of sick that he had it mounted on his wall <laughs> yeah but was, uh, yeah. you know the thing that got me the most when that thing comes in and it takes the audience of the show it like feeds on them and you follow them up into it oh, and they're, they're in it in that, 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 that was tense yeah. and then all you can hear is them screaming and you can still hear them screaming as oh, it's flying yeah. through the clouds and i'm like oh yeah. that is fucking horrific that was, I, that was a tough way to go that's a tough way to yeah, go very, sure. very yes. effective i guess yeah. i guess i started to think it was at that moment in my in my head that i thought so it's a flying sarlacc like that's, yeah. that's exactly like what I thought would happen when you fall into that fucking pit in the desert. That was terrifying, and the sound so they're, was they're all going to get out of it in twenty five years and climb into a back to tank. Oh, that's such a bad way to go! Oh my god! And also, it looked like <laughs> satin in there, which is yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it looked like a cowboy hat. I don't know why it looked like ribbons at the end. It's very Look, curious. Think, I'm sure there's a reason, but it's like it's so. I don't think we can. I just know that's the, a bad way to die. Well, <laughs> it's a disgusting, terrible. Uh, I don't think we can praise the visuals enough. There was mm. some of the most believable, like. Visual when it swooped down behind him on the horse, like all the flying around. It's easy to do that kind of stuff in the sky. You know, that's it's far away and it's an effective filmmaking technique. Like we don't have to worry about it. The details, it's behind clouds. We can sneak it in really quickly. But it shamelessly swoops down several times. That is really effective. Everything practical that happened over the house, the blood falling down, the water, the the giant thing that created like a circle of rainwater. It's just so. It was so mm. believable. It was it was really frightening yeah. that we've, the technology like, can be used that well. At yeah. the end, when they went full fucking like Japanese anime, like creature, <laughs> and it, it expanded to be like miles wide and shit like that. Um, I want to say, I like it had the opposite effect on me. I got a sense of hopelessness so bad. I was like, he's gonna fucking kill everyone. No one can survive this. Like what? Right at that moment, before like she she made the run for it and we got the resolve we got. I was like, he's like, no, they're dead. They're all dead. That was the thought that went through my head. So that one got me. I love the TMZ yeah. guy getting fucking killed. <laughs> ah, oh, yes. That was Everyone that was, was waiting for good, it too. I, it's such like, a good man. funny sequence. I feel like, I feel like people cheered in my theater. When they were like the whole, they, the Austin powers, there's no way anybody lived through that. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Scream. <laughs> 
in the distance. <laughs> I mean, yes. There was so, give me my camera. How are you not taping this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was, that was really, that really funny. Really funny. Yeah. Was that Anthony Key? Do you think that was maybe Key I think, inside that I think shit? It, I think it was, to be honest. <laughs> I wonder, when I was watching, I was like, is that, I, I wonder if Key made it. I mean, I saw, you see up under the helmet for a minute and it kind of looked like him. Uh, it was really funny. Um, so I guess the other big elephant I want to ask you guys about, because because I don't think I'm alone, and Dave, you just gave your two cents a little bit, but um, I, I just didn't track the justification for what this alien eventually turns into. It's I don't think they set up the rules of it being a mimicker, as in it could have been a cloud, it could have been the top of the mountain, mm. it could have been anything. Yeah, no. And then it, it does turns in cloud, yeah. into this other thing, and that just seemed like it was. It just seems like visually they were trying to make such an enormous statement of it unfolding into this other being. And just, again, thematically and and just story-wise with just what, what we were able to observe about it, I didn't understand why it happened. And it just kind of confused me. So I still, you know, it's still a beautiful image. And I was still like, wow, this is really intense. But I didn't understand why it was happening. And, you know, that always sucks a little bit. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> I will agree. To be honest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you um, remember? I, I, I mean, like, I. It looked pretty and it looked great, but when it did that, I was almost disappointed. I was like, it didn't need to. Also, it yeah, they did. To. They did a lot it, too. They did a lot. So that's did, why he, it he, didn't. It didn't. And yeah, the flipping back and forwards of the mouth. It didn't. It didn't need doing that. It was. It was more terrifying as the the capsule. It was more terrifying doing uh, this. Is, I think this movie is probably, it's a monster movie. And I think it's probably closer to jaws than the other horror films. that I think people expected mm. when they watch this. Um, I mean, it's one word. It's, it's about animals. It is that the villain is an animal. It's not the horses. It's the thing up top, which is driving the other animals crazy. And um, there is something, it almost has that feel of like, you can't let the horses out of the barn. It's like, you can't go on the beach. Like I, there's a, I feel like Jaws is probably the closest um, as far as like, not that it matters, but the scariest part of it was the couple sweeping things where you only saw it for half a second. And then when those fucking blow up things were, were dropping and you didn't even see it. Those are the scariest yeah. parts of it. I think that the house getting painted was the scariest part of, for me. Or we're just when they, when this, like, what the yeah. fuck is going to happen? Like, when, when, he, when, couldn't doubt, see the, when he couldn't see the, the stars. The scariest part of this whole movie yeah. was the prank. Oh my God. The prank was funny to me. Those alien, like, those little kids. I mean, there were these, there's this moment good. in this movie where yeah, these kids was, are dressed yeah, that, that guy, was, that, my whole audience was like, oh, he's about to do it, dude. He's about to make a full on fucking abduction movie. Like, what's going to happen? I thought it was going to turn into this big like Mars attack satire of them like fighting the aliens on horseback. I thought he was going to go there. Nope. Yeah. Ginger Craig's already done that. Um, I I love that uh, he was fine with one alien. He's going to film that shit. Second, there were two. Nope. Out of here. Yeah, that's it. That was funny. I did like that he punched a child. That was pretty hilarious. I mean, that child had it coming, to be honest. (laughs) It's it's like Uh, that that clip on the internet that everyone's seen where the guy jumps out of the bin at that guy and he just turns around and clocks him. It's like, you had that coming. What did you think was going to happen? That's so fucking funny. But yeah, honestly, I, I hope I didn't sound like I was griping too much. Like, I still enjoyed it. It's just... You know, when you watch this kind of film, you kind of can't help but be on your toes a little bit for trying to understand what does he want me to think? What does he want from me? You know, mm-hmm. he, he wants us to think when he were in the theater. I know he does. He's a smart filmmaker. And it, it kind of felt like he got to certain points in the script. And God, 
Jordan Peele, I have so much respect for you. But there was there were these little things that just it almost felt like they just didn't go back and justify them. They got to they were they were creating these, you know, moving along writing process. They're like, oh my God, that's such a beautiful idea. And they just forgot to just go back and one little kernel of these two or three things mm. that I've complained about, and it would have co- totally made sense and been justified. I, w- I will like, I mean, that that is a fair observation, but also then I think, oh, how many films has he written? Oh, he, well, he's yeah. written a million short films, but yes, but, he's only written yeah, four, he's written, I guess, if Keanu yeah. counts. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu I mean, is funny. Of, I just want my there cat. Are plenty of screen, there are plenty of screenwriters who have <laughs> only, you know, but sold that's one the or thing. two like, real good ones. He's, he's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's, Oscar still, for a second, you know? he's still getting there because let's face it, like he, he nailed Get Out. Uh, us, yeah. it's, divide, it's divided on uh, us. And then this one, we're kind of like, aside from a couple of things that didn't quite ring right, he nailed it. Look, if you, I, I know he took some time off. He did the Twilight, not the Twilight shit, the, um, the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. <laughs> Sorry, I just buzzed myself for even <laughs> mentioning Twilight in this. Um, so he did that. Uh, he produced so, um, but, uh, uh, Lovecraft yeah. Country, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. He's, so he's not anywhere yeah. near prolific, but you know, at a certain point, I wonder if it becomes like a. Uh, um, like like any other horror director where you just churn him out and he makes the movie he wants to make and everybody gripes and nobody ever thinks it's the masterpiece until it is and whatever. And it's like, these are all amazing movies and he's just going to keep making them and they're all going to be at least this good, mm. you know? And I mean, this, yeah. all I know is I had a blast. I got yeah. some tense, tense, tense stuff. The guy next to me had a blast. Um, <laughs> the guy two seats down enjoyed the laughing bits. Sure. He was, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to see what the next one is, and I, I hope he uh, keeps giving it to us and he keeps churning him yeah. out. Anything I'm sure else? I'm sure he will. This movie made $44 million in the first weekend. It was a budget of 68 I think he's going to make mm. his money back and then some. I think people are going to see it. This was yeah. also IMAX marketed this you know, pretty strongly as the, the mm-hmm. IMAX you know, experience because he shot it in IMAX. So yeah, and they were that not boosts ticket sales because a lot of people are going to try to see it in IMAX. Guys, I know we're not talking about this movie, but just for a quick second, if we're about to leave the Oppenheimer teaser, did you? Oh, that was you? good. Yeah, I, I love when they make me wait a year for a movie. It's great. But yeah, like, yeah they, great. they give you they give you some uh, some on. great Houdini simulations and then uh, the voiceover. Nolan, and then Nolan's yeah. pretty good at the thirty second teaser or whatever that was. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> right. All right. Well, yeah. Nope was Nope was definitely worth seeing. I'm excited to see it again. Maybe these things will bother me less the second time, and I can have a purely enjoyable experience. You're, you're going to enjoy the IMAX. I can tell you that the IMAX is cool. I'm excited. Just, yeah. Some of the. Yeah. Uh, some of the audio panning, some of the stuff that was they were trying to do in the digital theater, it ended up creating like weird artifacty sound. So I'm ex- hmm. I'm curious to hear if it sounds like that in IMAX because I didn't I feel get like that. I was missing yeah. a lot of the 360 movement into regular theater. Let's see it. Let's do it. All, All right, right, friends, we're gonna wrap up there and then go with a quick round of what you've been watching to give you some recommendations for the week. Dave, we start with you. Talk to us. Um, I did a real rewatch of Star Trek Into Darkness. Went to Khan territory, and um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it when it first came out. I I wasn't as hard on it as everyone else was. Same. I liked Same. what they did. I like they flipped the infamous scene, um, and I also started watching the Melissa McCarthy um, series, God's Favorite Idiot, uh, and? where this one guy gets given the power of God. I'm like two episodes in. I'm like, 
this is actually kind of funny. Nice. Like, yeah. I don't normally like Melissa McCarthy's comedy, but she's like very good in this. Sweet. Nice. I'm watching um, Goliath, the uh, Amazon Prime series. Billy Bob Thornton plays a lawyer. Right. Who's, this is like a detective show, but he's a lawyer. Um, that's really good. And I think I watched <laughs> Billy Bob will not be typecast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I saw something else. Fuck it, doesn't matter. What are you watching, Jeff? Um, I finally, and it has nothing to do with the Emmys coming out, but, um, I finally got into Ted Lasso season two. I feel like I've had a lot of things recently where it's like, I know I'm going to like these, so I just need to do it. And this is literally my last week of grad school. I need to have everything submit by August 1st. So I'm like, you know, it's just one of those where I'm watching where I'm like cooking and stuff. And this season of Ted Lasso is so fucking good. I mean, the first season was amazing, but I just watched, have you seen that? You've seen your Ted Lasso fan, right, John? So I just watched the Christmas episode and then the rom-com episode, and they were just so fun. They were just so fun. I thought they were really yeah. well done. It's just a big giant heart for you, just wrapped up. And funny. It's like, it's like a really, it's like a really, you know, every now and then you find yeah. a Hallmark card that is actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, like it makes you feel fuckers. good. And it also is really witty and genuinely funny. It's, this, it's oh so well made. It's exactly that. This, there's some, there are some things that like genuinely, cause they did this like spoof on rom-coms. And there are some things that genuinely made me laugh actually out loud, like by myself. It's funny. It's funny. It's on my list. I haven't started it yet. It's so it's, watchable. 30 minutes. It's, it's just super quick. So, you, you just keep well, going. 30, you, but 30 to 50. You realize how much you enjoy it after like two or three or four. You're just like, oh my God, I fucking oh, really guys, love this. Did I talk about Stranger Things? I finished it. Yes. Did I talk about that? Did you finish it? Did did you finish it? I, had not, I don't think I had finished it. Did I say that uh, last yeah, week? I, I watched off. these last yeah. two, four, 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 four fucking hours of two episodes of, yeah. <laughs> of Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, your, marathon. your takeaway is totally correct. I still really enjoyed it. I think this was a big comeback because I did not care for the previous two seasons nearly as much as I cared for a number one. Yeah, I love um, the first one. But you said, what did you say last week? I mean, it was really sentimental and sad. sentimental, and yeah. Ridiculous uh scenes with will where he's like you're the heart i mean there's it was kind of silly same but thing with i still the, enjoyed the story a lot i had a fun time same thing with the boys i really like the boys but every single character had to have this full sentimental moment and it's like guys we got an hour all right i can't give you Dude, all five minutes like we gotta right. keep going. i also finished the boys i didn't realize except i hadn't the, finished that either the tnt same twins who just fucking hated each other <laughs> god bless the tnt twins we're come back tnt twins and you know what I realized? I didn't know this. I think Winona Ryder and David Harbour might be the highest paid earners on that. Maybe 11. Maybe she's up there. But like, why do they keep opening up the track for them? We almost don't even need their characters anymore. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to them, too, because they're amazing. But but I said, no, I, I well, hold on. My point, which I said last time was it's just hard with these shows, because in the first season, it was her son. And he was the helper because, you know, they had been in a relationship. And now, I mean, they're in fucking Russia. Like, you know what I mean? Like the actions here, it, it, they're reaching, I think, a little bit with those with those characters. They, they're bringing it back home for the next season. Well, I, I know they, had, they I mean, the next one is the last one. So they're going to it's coming back to question. how it started. I, I, tr- I trust them. They're it's really well done. Think, I really do. You guys like think it. do the people who know D&D inside and out already know how this story ends? <laughs> no, no, because you never know how sure? exact, you never know yeah. how it's actually going to. Because they're like following no. the villains of D and D, supposedly. A little bit, yeah, they are. Yes. So, they like, are? but we we've got to the main villain now. Are all of yeah, the villains? Like, are all of the villains demigorgons? <laughs> no, you got the mind player. I think the most right. powerful ones are, and like that picture that he drew of the three headed dragon. That's the most powerful villain in D and D. 
So they're going to, we know that they're going to end up facing that eventually. So I just, I just started, I started laughing this season. I was like, is the rest of the world it's, just getting punked just a by hydra. a bunch of fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Duffer Brother nerds? These guys are fucking writing D and D. All of us are like, oh, this is so original. <laughs> <laughs> just like, they played one game and they've drawn it out of six seasons. <laughs> They're definitely flicking through the monster manual though for, for some character ideas. Nice. It's fun. I enjoyed it yeah. a lot. The sound design, the music editing was really cool in this season. Yeah. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. a lot of those... the general aesthetic. Was very rich. I thought those kids were going to age out, but watching this season, I was like, they could definitely still be in high school next season. But Apparently, there's a time jump before the next one. I mean, Somebody's but even, losing but their even virginity in season four. This is, <laughs> I'm calling it right now. I mean, they're already getting loose with the the cursing and the weed and stuff. So, like, yeah, they're they're going to start fucking. Soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what year is this supposed to be? In, in the, 1980. What year? Do you have any idea what year it was supposed to be? Yeah, because they in went to the movie. One? They go. They always go to the movies or something. Oh, I think they're up to 89, aren't they? Really? Oh no, they're gonna okay. go early '90s, and it's just gonna be bright colors and fl- like flannels and plaids yeah. and shit. Anyway, sorry I had to interrupt, but I, right, I saw okay, cool. those. And let's the end boys. the Keep let's end, let's end the episode. We have, we're doing Gattaca next, people, and we're gonna be kind of drunk for it. So uh, rewatch Gattaca on Netflix, and then come back and join us. Like, subscribe, link tree. Anything else before we go, fellas? No, good. See you, film fans. Nope. <laughs>